Blog Talk Radio. of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful, but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent, what would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. Temperature is going up. It's um, 
real smoking time already. And uh, <laughs> all I can say is, smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. Uh, what a week. What a week. Another one of these weeks. Uh, is anybody sick and tired of hearing about nonsense? The Hillary emails. That's the narrative. That's the chosen topic of the media, of the Republican Party, of the right wing of this country. The Hillary emails, 914-338-1610. I'm going to discuss those emails and how insignificant it is. But yet every program, every cable news show wants to start a start. Oh, we, we've heard about these emails over. You've noticed the, um, the Department of Justice story on Ferguson had about a three-day shelf life. Now, the only reason they're talking about it again is because some fool shot two cops. And I call them a fool because you got to be a fool. Some fool shot two cops, and they haven't caught him yet. And if am I going to lie and say I hope they get away? No, I'm not going to lie and say I hope they get away. I'm going to say I hope they bring them to justice if they catch them. <laughs> but that is the only reason Ferguson um, and the Department of Justice story, because now that two cops have been shot, guess who's fault it is? Come on, come well, look, I don't give you too many opportunities um, to guess, but just guess whose fault it is that the two cops got shot. Come on. You can do it. That's right. Eric Hogan and Barack Obama are the reason that someone took aim and... Um, Shot two cops in Ferguson. It's Barack Obama's fault. And that Justice Department um, report threw gasoline. How the fuck do you put it? Threw gasoline on the fire. Well, goddamn, it's got to be a fire there in the first place to have gasoline poured on it. So, of course, Eric Holden and Barack Obama's fault. I didn't hear them. They didn't say anything about the mayor of New York or the Brothios. And I didn't hear from Pat Lynch, so they may be trying to stay out of it. But um, it appears that in a subtle way, Ferguson is going to fight as they piecemeal the house cleaning. Three emailers, uh, um, uh, city manager, a chief of police. You know, it's 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 a piecemeal. We're gonna get rid of this one. We're gonna get rid of that. When the whole system contaminated, when the whole system is infected, we're only gonna get rid of a few stragglers. The judge who was behind the fines and the judge who was fixing the fines and tickets 
for friends and relatives, the judge who owed over 170000 in back taxes, he stepped down. But even that is seedy. Even that uh, has its drawbacks. This judge also is still sitting on the bench in three other counties. He is still working, just not in Ferguson. So what does it take to get a white man fired for malfeasance, malpractice, job performance? What does it take? And that could be one of the questions of the day. What does it take? How long? How long? And it's drip, drip, drip going to go. And I've heard, and I agree with those who say they should gut the entire, they should disband the entire, not just there, but the surrounding municipalities have the same problem. Hundreds of municipalities around the country have the same problem. We pigeonhole the people and place them into the poor communities and you starve them of resources to the schools. I mean, and then you find them. And they basically, with the little income they have, they basically support your municipality in the face of budget cuts. And budget cuts are just that. Uh, Last week, I also spoke to you about the impending mayoral race here in the city of Chicago. Now, just let me say this. And Rahm Emanuel has the money. Rahm Emanuel is doing the spending spending here. And I've I've seen maybe 12 commercials today for Rahm Emanuel that basically beats Jesus Chuy Garcia over the head as some old-fashioned politician, old machine politician. And yet I see nothing coming out of the Chuy Garcia camp to push this back. One um, development that um, I thought I got it wrong, but uh, who knows? It just might be a front. Willie Wilson was the third largest vote getter, but he's not in the runoff. But his votes, the votes that he got, is more than enough to close the difference and send Chuy Garcia to victory over Rahm Emanuel. Willie Wilson is a self made African American millionaire who is on the Bruce Rauner, governor, newly elected. Governor Bruce Rauner's transition team. And um, Rauner has said he's neutral, but uh, Rauner is secretly supporting Rahm Emanuel because they're basically birds of a feather. So, what does Willie Wilson do? Willie Wilson comes out in support of Chewy Charlie. Willie Wilson is throwing his support behind Chewy Garcia, but like I said, this is in a wait. Let's wait and see how this goes up. 
I do believe I mentioned that Ron Emanuel got 45% of the vote. That means that 55%, 55% of the people did not vote for Ron Emanuel. And I think 55% of the people has a bone to pick with Ron Emanuel. And the difference, if Chuy Garcia can gather 7 or even 6% of the vote, he will become the next mayor of the city of Chicago. But that's April 7th. And that's when that vote, uh, election day. And that could be big news in the city of Chicago. Not like uh, Chuy Garcia, some type of uh, savior here, but uh, he beats Rahm Emanuel. In my book, he's better than a Rahm Emanuel, who rumor has it is poised to close another 30 to 50 schools. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's get to the topics of this evening's program. Hopefully, um, I can keep the topic going. I'm told in my chat room that my volume is fading in and out. I don't know what that's about. So let me try to get a handle on this, a better handle. I don't know what that's about, but um, hopefully we can iron that out. Technical difficulties there. Let's let's call it technical difficulty. You know, last week, um, I was a week before last. We call it Trader Tuesday, or the media has called it Trader Tuesday, because it was on a Tuesday when Benjamin Netanyahu came to speak uh, to the Congress on a backdoor invite by John Boehner and the Republican House with the uh, courtesy of Republican Senate. They were all for it. Let's stick a finger in the eye of the president. Let's not go through protocol. Let's do this. And over the week, there have been some interesting developments, very interesting developments. And I can only say they're interesting developments because they are. Benjamin Netanyahu, and I say his name with a great deal of disdain, and I speak of him with a, a whole lot of dislike because he is basically a clown. He's basically a clown. Well, anyway, it comes from Reuters. And the last poll taken, BB's in big trouble. BB is in big trouble. Oh, by the way, just as... Uh, forecast. He took the speech before the House of Representatives and he put it in a campaign ad for him. But 
that may not be enough to save BB. For BB has fallen behind. And as the sources are saying, uh, he's fallen behind and they're simply widening, they're widening their, <laughs> easy for me to say, the margin is getting wider for the opponents. And this comes from Reuters, straight from Reuters. And I didn't do a very job just running it off to you. Israeli center-left opposition is poised for an upset victory in national elections next week with the last opinion poll before the March 17th vote, giving it a solid lead over Prime Minister's party. That is the Likud. Likud party. And since there are more right-wing and far right-wing parties than there are left. It was a foregone conclusion for this to be a shoe-in. So last week, right after this speech, uh, Bibi Yahoo had um, 24 um, of these seats, Knesset seats, uh, in in his column. Now he's down to 21 or 22. And the opposition is up from 20 to 25 or 26. And since this vote goes down on Tuesday, I can only expect it's going to be an all-out push for BB to save his behind. I can only stand on the background and cheer for his defeat. So the Lacoon Party would be losing to the Labor Party. I guess they're the, the Zionist Union. So this is going to be interesting. Next week, I may be just dancing on the table. <laughs> I may be just dancing on the table. Because um, the Democrats have not seen fit to interfere in this election in Israel. And I got to tell you, Harry Reid and the boys in the Senate should have threatened to filibuster Israeli aid if BB wins. They should have threatened to cut aid to Israel if BB wins. Not saying that they were going to do it, but it would send that message. It would make it clear that he stepped over the line. So, BB is in big trouble in Israel. And I've got to say, for the stuff that he pulled, with the Republicans, it's good news. Now, I'll say this. When you have a newly elected senator, and somehow the veterans either put him up to it or 
either, either way, they followed him. They followed him down this rabbit hole to craft this letter to the Iranians. So I would have to say this has been a very bad week for Republicans. Very, very bad week for the Republicans. And when you really get right down to it, you cannot somehow craft a letter undermining the foreign policy of a sitting president. But this is the level of disrespect. This is where we are. This is where we are. And I got to say, you know, the, the blowback. And I mean, there has been great blowback when it comes to this letter that um, this rookie first year six six weeks in six weeks at all he's been in office six weeks and all of a sudden he's supposed to be the the brains behind this letter I think not I think not I think um, do you believe that he's the brains behind this? Somebody has been beaten on your back door. And what I want to do is I want you to go through this because when they sent these letters, this letter, this one letter, trying to explain to the Iranians that don't sign a treaty with this president because we have the final say, and this may only be in effect until he leaves office. I simply want you to listen to the blowback. It was it's not just blowback from Democrats. These are publications, publications around the country and in these states where these um, Republican senators, there were 47 of them. You know, they like that number, 47. There was 47 of them that uh, signed this letter. And here's part of the pushback, the blowback that they even beyond the New York Daily News traitor's front page, the nation's editorial pages on this subject are just as off the charts. For example, here's the Concord Monitor from New Hampshire. Uh, the Republican senators who wrote an open letter to Iran this week trying to undermine President Obama's negotiations, quote, are playing a political game dangerously out of bounds. If the open letter to Iran represents the path forward for U.S. foreign policy, chaos is the destination. It is simply stunning that right? That New Hampshire Senator Kelly Ayotte and 46 other senators can't see that. Unlike the thousands of other times Senator Ayotte has signed her name, she will remember this signature. How could she forget? It's not every day that a United States senator attempts to undermine foreign policy and weaken the nation in one cursive swoop. That's Kelly Ayotte's hometown paper. Here's the Courier Journal in Mitch McConnell's home state of Kentucky. They lead their editorial rather bluntly. Has Congress gone crazy? That's what many U.S. observers and much of the world must be wondering after a group of rogue Republican senators opted to communicate directly by letter with the leaders of the Islamic Republic of Iran.
among the 47 senators signing the letter, Kentucky's Mitch McConnell, the new Senate Majority Leader, and Rand Paul, a first-term senator with presidential aspirations. So this is the paper calling out their two home state senators. Mr. McConnell took over the leadership post this year with a pledge to end dysfunction and return the Senate to a working body. That effort appears off to a poor start. And if Mr. Paul's signature represents his grasp of foreign policy, Republicans should be justifiably leery about him as a presidential nominee. Whatever the outcome of negotiations with Iran, the 47 senators have done immeasurable harm to their image and U.S. credibility in world affairs. It is regrettable that Kennedy's two set, excuse me, that Kentucky's two senators were among them. Louisville Courier Journal. Here's the headline in the uh, Salt Lake City Tribune in Utah. Look at the headline. Utah senators increase risk of war. Senators Lee and Hatch join a foolish campaign. Quote, it will be up to history to judge whether the latest partisan stunt joined by Utah Senators Mike Lee and Orrin Hatch amounts to an act of end times warmongering or merely another bit of cringeworthy buffoonery on the global stage. Here's the Detroit Free Press. The Republicans who dispatched this letter have disgraced themselves and undermined the credibility of the nation whose constitution they took an oath to uphold. Among the signatories of this letter are Senators Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz, all three potential 2016 presidential contenders. At minimum, signing such a letter should disqualify each man from holding the high office they seek to degrade. Here's the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The letter sent Monday by 47 Republican senators to Iran was damaging to America's role in the world. The senators who signed the letter should be ashamed. Senator John McCain, uh, who was one of the senators who signed this letter, now seems to be expressing some regret about having signed it. He told, told Greta Van Susteren on Fox News last night, quote, maybe that wasn't the best way to do that. Senator Bob Corker, who chairs the Foreign Relations Committee, he told reporters that he's surprised so many Republican senators signed on to this thing. He did not. Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, who also did not sign on to it, he said he did not think the letter would be helpful. Senator Susan Collins, who also did not sign on to this letter, she tells reporters now, quote, it did not seem to me to be appropriate for us to be writing the Ayatollah at this critical time during the negotiations. They all need to shut up, every last one of them. Now that they're getting the severe blowback from these were those were quotes from editorial pages, from editorial pages. What did the Republicans do? <laughs> the Republicans, they first started, John McCain said, well, he finds a lot of things, uh, and um, he basically took the ignorance. And he signed it without reading it because the snow was coming and they were trying to, he was trying, they were trying to get out of town, okay? It looks like the Republicans are simply calling it a joke. Rand Paul said, uh, I find it to strengthen the president's hand. You know, after a while, American people, the American people, not just People on the left, progressives, liberals, even people are going to on the right. And if they don't already understand that these are idiots, the Daily Beast, Republican aides were taken aback by what they thought was a lighthearted attempt to signal an Iran, to signal to Iran, 
and a public that Congress should have a role in the ongoing nuclear discussions. Two GOP aides separately described the letter as a cheeky reminder of a congressional branch prerogatives. Now it's a joke. The administration has no sense of humor when it comes to how weakly they have been handling these negotiations, said a top GOPA. You see, they are never in an apology mode. They are always, always in an attack mode, in a mode of criticism, in a, in a mode of deflection, in a mode of projection. Responsibility for anything. And what's so pathetic about this entire scenario is that the media has basically said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you've gone too far. And many of them have come out, publicists know exactly what, what fools they are. And how does this rise to the level of governing? 914-338-1610. If you want to chime in about this particular topic, and uh, I'll say everybody, if you call in, stay on topic, okay? (laughs) Just stay on topic. Because later I will also be speaking again, again, about the truth behind the Chris Christie sellout of New Jersey. And it was a great move on his part. And I say a great move on his part simply because it wasn't, it didn't go fly under the radar. Because you've heard nothing about it. Here's the state of New Jersey, who's got a budget deficit, a budget deficit, who stands to collect nine, you might as well say nine billion dollars, nine billion dollars from Exxon Oil. Now I'll get to that story a little later, but but you don't want to miss that because that is right with Insider payoffs, uh, cronyism, and the, the, there's a little clip. And I, to lay it out for you, I needed this clip because it was so funny. It's so funny that um, we have to allow comedians to be ears and the eyes to disseminate the truth of our political system, of this <laughs> of this uh, I, I won't call it a cluster, you know what, I'll just say our political system has been so poisoned simply to offer up the, this mean, this, this, this I guess not when it's full of corrupt individuals working for and with the corporate corporations as they are either 
supposed to be regulators, but they all come from the corporations that they're supposed to be regulating. And that is one of the biggest problems. The people in North Carolina, their drinking water has been poisoned by Duke Energy. And Duke Energy is about to get off scot-free because there's a Republican at the governor's house who has stepped in to run interference. They are the plaintiffs, and they aren't asking for too much. They're asking for very little, as a matter of fact. And that seems to be a... um, That seems to be a no-brainer when it comes to what Republicans are doing in these states. The EPA entire scenario is about to blow up in everybody's face. Everybody is going to get a whiff of this. And that's where we are. But uh, this deal with uh, these 47 senators, you know, I heard um, not that I had been aware of one of these um, scenarios in history. But here's another scenario in history, and I don't know if too many people do it. But um, when it comes to undermining the president, when it comes to treason, Richard Nixon was a traitor. And I say that without hesitation. Richard Nixon was a traitor. 22,000 young Americans died the last time in 1968 when a Republican sabotaged a commander-in-chief. The peace talks between the North Vietnamese and South Vietnamese and the United States for their own benefit. Richard Nixon and the investment bankers were colluding over how to make money with their inside knowledge of Nixon's scheme to extend the Vietnam War. You see, Richard Nixon, as he was running for president, was communicating to the South Vietnamese not to take the deal that Lyndon Johnson was offering. So therefore, that extended that war. We're talking 1968. That extended that war by seven years. And like I said, 22,000 young Americans died. That was the, the most That was the one down the road, okay? And we got Richard Nixon as a president. He did a great deal of damage to this country. But fast forward to Jimmy Carter. Fast forward to the Iranian embassy takeover and the hostages, the American hostages. You remember that? Oh, oh, Saint Ronnie Reagan. That's Saint Ronnie Reagan to you. Oh, Saint Ronnie Reagan 
cut a deal with the Ayatollahs to hold on to the hostages. And he used that countdown clock every day, hostages, day 275, day 300. He used that time clock. And the media, as complicit as they were in this, to beat down the favorable ratings of uh, Jimmy Carter, all the while propagating that government was bad. The people didn't like the war. The American people were tired of war. But Ronald Reagan was able to convince people that the government, they went from the wars, the Vietnam War, they went from that to the demonization and vilification of the government. So after Ronald Reagan won the election, what did he do? He turned around and sold missiles, some 1,500 to Iran, as payment for their conspiracy. So this state of fostering terrorism, we sold them 1,500 missiles. And from that profit, we gave it to the Contras, who were battling the Sandinistas, and he couldn't give them any more money because Congress had passed the law, blah, 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 blah. But Ronald Reagan didn't care. Ronald Reagan did it through back channels on Ollie North. Ronald Reagan was a traitor also. Ronald Reagan committed treason. And had he been found out, he would have been impeached. But there were no one. There was no one to bring that along before or after. Yeah, they convicted Ollie North and then they Appealed it, appealed it, appealed it until their judge, their appointed judge, on a technicality that, of course, the government left, threw it out. So there was the next time a Republican sabotaged the commander-in-chief. And what did Ronald Reagan bring us? He tripled the debt. Three million illegals he gave amnesty to. The very things that would get him laughed off a stage. And a Republican primary today, he fostered. He raised taxes 11 times. And everybody rewrites his history. And now that history is muddied. That history is not so plain. And therein lies the bottom line when you have acts of treason that go unpunished. That's just par for the course. That's just par for the course. I'll continue. Hello, I am Chauncey DeVega. 
You may recognize my voice from Ring of Fire Radio with Mike Papantonio, the BBC, Sirius XM, or the Tom Hartman Radio Show. And you may have read some of my essays at places like Salon and Alternate. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. There's a recent survey, it's actually, I think, experimental psychology, public opinion research, where they asked white respondents about the criminal justice system. And they showed them data before and after, clearly indicating that the system is biased, deeply biased against African-Americans and African-American men in particular. And even when made aware of the information, these white respondents, this is across divides of party and ideology, were even more likely to support punitive measures by the criminal justice system, even knowing that they were unfair. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The I. So what are you doing? Are you oxygenating, creating, and preserving employment? for the American people, or are you asphyxiating, suffocating, and overseas relocating employment against the American people? Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up, or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. She's really talented, but comes on too strong and should be less abrasive. Come on, sweetheart. Put a smile on that face. People find your tone a little off-putting. You should try to be warmer and more nurturing. Man, the way she wouldn't budge on that part of the contract, she was being a real And you know, no matter what, know your value, baby. No matter what, know you matter. Engagement is the cool. And always pursue your greatest you. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. It's the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 11 p.m. where we broadcast brave, bold, and black. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Each Saturday evening, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves at our common ground. I'll be listening for you. Talk that matters. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. This is TruthWorks Network, the Black Voice Collaborative, where the truth is spoken more than once. Thank you so much for your support and joining us tonight. Of course I did. <laughs> I get to running off at the mouth. Don't forget, 
and don't um, miss the Ivy Claire show on Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, at Blog Talk Radio. It's the Ivy Claire show with the host, India Declare. And Saturday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time, it's our common ground with our host, Janice Graham. Um, I don't, I can't really confirm the particulars here, but um, hopefully Janice, who's been under the weather here lately, will be able to do a show, and I will update it as uh, I get the particulars. Um, And on Monday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, it's Chauncey DeVega podcast. We are respectable Negroes. Don't miss the Chauncey DeVega hour here at our common ground. I'm sorry, here at TruthWorks Network and Blog Talk Radio. Of course I did. I'm just talking. This new button is a dangerous thing. <laughs> or is it that my mind is a dangerous thing to wake? It often wanders. I can I can only hope that um, when coming out of my breaks as I mute my microphone that I can remember that I've muted it. So it could happen. Oh, my goodness. Particularly with this show. 914-338-1610. If you have a question, if you want to chime in on the traitorous, treasonous 47, if you want to simply comment on the Hillary emails, the non-stories, and you would be surprised. You know, the two police officers that were shot at first, they don't miss a beat, people. Morning Joe, the next morning, was blaming it on everything he could. The right-wing sound machine was blaming it on Eric Holder and Barack Obama. Everything is not their fault. I don't care when I see the sky is blue or when I say that the sky is blue and the grass is green, but they'll tell us the grass is green and the sky is blue. Or vice versa, the sky is green and the grass is blue. They cloud the facts. The facts are never what they tell you they are. They are so pissed off because the only thing they have left is to make you believe their lies. And it's sad that too many Americans are believing their lies. The influx of libertarians is wrong because there is a level of embarrassment to be aligned with the Republican Party. 
and that will be a continuation. That will continue for the next two years. Just like for the next two years, all we'll see are the anti-Clinton machine. Have you noticed something? When they speak of Hillary, it's in duality. They also speak of Bill. And they call them the Clintons. But they never refer to the Bushes. When they speak of Jeb, remember Jeb didn't want to talk about his brother or the past. But he's got all of his brothers and his father's advisors on his team, on his presidential team. But he don't want to talk about the past. They're not referred to as the Bushes. And we have to somehow get around that. We have to somehow in this next election cycle turn the tables on exactly what the media is doing and how the media is complicit with the Republican narrative. Email business It's been going on for, what, two weeks now? And when are they going to go to Roberta Lynch? They say next week, but I'm taking even money bets. It's not going to happen. Oh, we can't trust it. There's going to be some reason. And see, this is why I am so critical of Democratic planning, plotting, democratic campaign. Eric Holder should be making it miserable for these 47 traitors. Eric Holder should be making it miserable for any and everyone who has it, for Chris Christie, who sold his state out for a measly $225 million. I'm going to play that sound bite for you coming up, but that, that that entire story is just, you can't make this up. That's, a, that's the kind of story that's so obvious, and you can't make it up, but there it is sitting right in front of you. And what we have to do is to be able to Put up a strong enough pushback to these people because it doesn't appear that the Democratic Party is able to offer up anything but limp noodle talking points. I saw a particular story and I wanted to do this one because it. it um, really cuts to the cuts to the core, and this particular story is about California has about one year of water left. Now think about that. California, the drought in California is so severe; they have about a year of water left now. My only idea, the only solution I can come up with is 
How about a pipeline? How about a pipeline? Everybody wants a pipeline. How about a water pipeline? Let's say about nine or ten of them on the Nevada side and down the state line where you have them coming in from different entities. And instead of carrying toxic oil, they carry water to our brethren in California. If they were going to build a pipeline from Canada to Texas, Corpus Christi to Louisiana coast, and fill it with tar sand oil, what's the difference in building a pipeline that simply carries water from the aquifers, from the mountains, snow-capped mountains, to relieve California of that drought. It's just an idea. (laughs) It's just an idea. It could happen. (laughs) It could happen. That would be the the that would be the pivot from the XL pipeline. The Republicans are constantly and they are still hiding legislation into must pass bills. And the Senate is filibustering until they clean up the bill. And it, and this is the difference. Each time the Democrats filibuster Americans are out in force in front of a camera, 10, 11, 12, 15 of them, whining about how they are not allowed to, to govern, how the Democrats are obstructing, obstructing, obstructing. After over 230, 40-something bills that they've obstructed over the last six years, you can't make this stuff up. This is not this is not some created uh, uh, scandal. This is not something that is. Basically, we've got a um, a debt ceiling to raise pretty soon. We've got a government appropriation fund funding bill. We've got a defense contract. We've got a lot of bills that there's going to be a lot of things buried in. And when you bury things like that in the bills, and they don't, all that is is government gridlock. So government is going to be bad for the next two years. You see how inviting is the nuclear option beginning in 2009. How much could we have accomplished 
of the progressive liberal agenda had we moved to govern and not to appease. I spoke earlier to you about the 47, the the treasonous 47. Let me say this. Tom Cotton, the senator who is the author of this particular uh, letter, it's not a bill, it's a letter. Tom Cotton received close to a million dollars before he became senator as a campaign contribution by a proxy Israeli lobby. You see, Israel couldn't give him the money out front, but a pro-Israel group here in America could. And they did. So Tom Cotton has a connection to Israel. So his letter to Iran could only be Israeli bidding. And not only would he, after he sent the letter, he jetted off to bow and kiss the hands of the military-industrial complex because they're believing that they have sown the seeds of war and saber rattling. So Cotton went before them to kind of give a report so they can gear up for this, the next war. And that's where this whole thing stinks. Because there aren't too many people in the media who will simply connect the dots. And as long as the opposition party to the Republican crazy are silent, so will the cause to defeat the Republican agenda. It will fail because no one, no one will raise that issue. No one on the left will know because no one else in the media will speak up. I would simply hope that these connections can be put together because we need to have that out there. We need to be able to tell the American people that the Republicans are saber rattling for war because none of theirs will be headed off to fight and die in a sandy abyss for oil. Oh, let's not let Iran get nukes. Iran can't have nukes. They've threatened to 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 to, to wipe Israel off the face of I'm sure that Israel can retaliate. I'm sure that your nukes are bigger than their nukes. And they want to portray Iran as this 
caliphate that's crusading Islamic radicals. We don't care if everybody dies. You know what? It just might be what it takes. That just might be the answer to uh, thin that herd out and bring to an end some of this nonsense. A lot of this nonsense. <laughs> I take it as a challenge for a lot of people who are staunch supporters of Israel. You have to really look at what's going on here. Israelis' hands are as dirty as anyone's hands. This entire sordid affair in the Middle East. I need to take a break here.
is the internet. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. It's above my pay grade. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. The Alpha Show. mute button. Hit the mute button, dummy. <laughs> anyway. How are you? <gasps> At least I didn't. Okay, take care. Goodbye. That's all now. Okay. Got that out of the way. Up. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, despite my in the face of my objections, our common ground, nine o'clock Central Time, host Janice Graham in conversation with Yvette. Canal. Cardell. Breakingbrown.com. And a Facebook page here. It's posted in the chat room. Yvette Carnell. Tomorrow we'll be speaking with Janice Graham on our common ground. And I'm looking forward to that. That should be very interesting. I can't find the the shooters of two Ferguson police officers. And uh, I'll say it again. I ain't mad at it. I think it was a despicable act. I think it was not the right thing to do. I ain't mad. Regardless what they do or how they do it. Look, I mentioned um, this corruption in New Jersey. And this corruption in New Jersey, this is mind-blowing. This is like, and all the Democrats, this is another one of those, and you all are silent. Why? This is just, you can't make this stuff up. This man has just stepped in it, and now he wants to be president? And they know, and and here's the curious part about it. 
he will never, Chris Christie will never make it out of a Republican primary. But that's not the point. They should be selling his name. They should be over him on this deal. When his state is starving for in the red, his state is wallowing in the red. What does Chris Christie do? I want you to listen to this. And it's uh, a little long, but at least I get to I get to take a little break here. But listen to this. I want you to, and I made sure it, uh, it's, you know, it's on the upside to listen to. Listen. First, over the weekend, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie spent some of his very valuable time meeting with his most valued constituency, Iowa agribusiness multimillionaire Bruce Rastetter. <laughs> to assure the voters of not New Jersey (laughs) that he, Christie, has the chops to cut them the best trade deals. You have to have the right person um, in the Oval Office negotiating these agreements. The president doesn't know how to negotiate. President doesn't know how to... (laughs) President doesn't know how to negotiate. Let me tell you something, Christie. You think that milk toast criticism of the president is going to get you the Republican nomination? You're looking for the Republican nomination. I believe the criticism you're looking for is the president doesn't negotiate like most Americans. (laughs) The president didn't grow up with buy low, sell high American values like our parents, Benghazi. That's what you're trying. (laughs) And by the by, Christie knows negotiating. Just to take a recent example, in 2004, New Jersey sued Exxon for $9 billion in restoration and restitution relating to the chemical (laughs) of a large area of New Jersey that many of you have probably driven by and thought, did Satan skunk get diarrhea? (laughs) Well, in 2006, the court declared Exxon liable for the damages of that 2004 lawsuit and then went home to watch the first season of Friday Night Lights because it was 2004. For eight years, New Jersey and its team of lawyers battled to determine just how many billions of dollars they would squeeze through Exxon's nozzle until master negotiator Chris Christie showed up and sealed the deal. Exxon agreed to pay $225 million over contamination at refinery sites in New Jersey. Before the judge could decide on damages, the Christie administration settled the case. A former state environmental commissioner said that Christie's chief counsel inserted himself into the case and cut the deal favorable to Exxon. Boom! 200 and... Wait, what? <laughs> what? Well, I got, well, okay, $220 million out of $9 billion. Three cents on the dollar? Well, Christie said he was a great negotiator. He, he, he didn't say which side he was working for. <laughs> now, the more... Oh, oh, oh. The more skeptical amongst us might immediately look for some linkage twixt Chris Christie and Exxon. Exxon contributed heavily to the Republican Governors Association, chaired by Christie last year. Its law firm also has close political ties to the administration. Now, now, I know that looks bad, 
No, seriously, I know that looks bad. <laughs> I know my inflection implied a butt, but I don't have a butt. I have a butt. I have... Damn you, English! Why must one of your most important conjunctions be a homonym for my tushy? Anyway, if you're expecting Chris Christie to get all cocky and claim that he did an excellent job negotiating this deal, uh, you're right. You would think that the $225 million was all we got, right? Right. Wrong. Um, $225 million is on top of what they have to pay to fix what they polluted. And there is no cap. That's, you know what? What he's saying is actually, that is true. But, um, <laughs> however, that Exxon has to fix what they polluted with no cap stipulation comes from a completely separate 1991 consent order that is different from the 2004 lawsuit. He's conflating them because he doesn't want you to know that. <laughs> Yes, Chris Christie, your amazing negotiating skills will get New Jersey a lot less money than almost everybody associated with this case, including Exxon, thought it would get. Unless you're such a good negotiator, you're also taking credit for the 1991 deal. In which case, why stop there? Also in 91, I penned a little tune called Everybody Dance Now. <laughs> Perhaps you've danced to the... Chris and Christy Music Factory song. <laughs> now, it's not... I, I forgot uh, how in shape that factory was. <laughs> well, look, it's a lot less money than New Jersey thought they were getting, but at least it's something for the cleanup. Christie's already used the bulk of a court settlement intended to clean up the Passaic River on money to plug holes in his current revenue-starved budget. Well, on the bright side, the fish in that river have mutated so severely, they're starting to do the cleanup themselves. Um, quick question, though. Honestly, how can Christie do that? Governor Chris Christie can use a law he proposed last year to steer the Exxon money to balance his state's budget gap instead of putting it towards environmental restoration. Damn, it feels good to be a governor. <laughs> Thank you, ghetto boys. Now, Chris Christie's sweetheart Exxon deal isn't the only pollutant bubbling up out of the swamps of Jersey. Federal corruption charges may be imminent. Robert Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey. He took campaign cash and gifts from this Florida eye doctor, Solomon Melgan. The feds want to know if the senator then improperly used his office to try to help the eye doctor get a port security deal in the Dominican Republic, a deal potentially worth tens of millions. All right, all right. Maybe Chris Christie's thing isn't illegal, but come on. Campaign cash. Here you have Chris Christie, who is basically sticking it to New Jersey. And I simply turned the volume down on the rest of that because that rest of it is about Bob Menendez. And there's no love lost with that Democrat who is one of the, uh, I don't want, uh, I want more sections on Iran. 
before Mr. President can get this deal done. So they're about to indict him, too. But Chris Christie, you go from $225 million settlement, and you could have gotten $9 billion. But what he has done is simply just, just told, for me, this is totally outrageous. And Exxon, it has to be noted that Exxon has donated more than $1.9 million to the Republican Governors Association since Chris Christie's first run for governor. The, uh, the, G, the RGA, which Chris Christie now heads, that includes 279000 during Christie's election and re-election races. And also another half a million when he chaired the organization in 2014. Additionally, one of Exxon's law firms in the New Jersey case also donated 30000 to the RGA since 2013. Other possible answers... Christie's first attorney general worked for Exxon for seven years. His deputy chief of staff in 2014 left the governor's office for a job at Exxon, lobbying in And weeks before the settlement was announced, one of his cabinet secretaries took a job with Exxon's New Jersey law firm. Still another possible answer about why Christie settled the Exxon case could be found in a little notice from provision his administration slipped into the 2014 budget. The language in question empowers the governor to divert money obtained from environmental litigation away from the pollution cleanup. So this is like a campaign contribution that allows him to plug his budget and say he brought New Jersey out of the red into the black and balanced their budget. But he's taking money. And this harkens back. Now try to connect the dots here. The Hurricane Sandy money and the restoration, and all of the 75% of the homes that are damaged and are still awaiting these funds. This is where the money is gone. Chris Christie has somehow held on to this money until he was able to slip this language into the new budget, which allows him to now transfer this money to plug the hole in the state's budget. Not to make the victims of Hurricane Sandy whole. Not to make the environmental uh, fixes he needs to and the oil spill. When he talks about they're on the hook to clean everything up, this is a 1991 provision. This is not even involved in the suit by which they're less liable to clean things up. 
So he may have gotten more than 225 million, but it wasn't much, as opposed to nine billion dollars. Hmm. This money rightfully belongs to the people of New Jersey to make up for the injury to the environment, said Jeffrey Tittle, executive director of New Jersey Sierra Club. Instead, the governor is diverting it for other purposes. It's a twofer. Reduce settlements, help the oil companies before Christie's presidential campaign. Now, this should be beating drum. This should be an albatross around his neck. They don't have to eliminate the EPA when you've got these types of moves in every Democrat in that state. Don't think for one instant that this money from Exxon is not going to fund their campaigns to help fund. This is the payoff. This is the evil that government does, that corrupt government does. And John, did you hear John Stewart say the people who pass their things, Satan's skunk has diarrhea. That is, it, this story is simply incredible. To me, this is the this is the high end of bad politics, bad government. Can't make this down. This is something that you really can't make up. This is something that just, it, it should have every, well, New Jersey got what they elected. New Jersey got what they needed to get. And now they'll have to live with the consequences as this, you see, this is the kind of stuff that you put out there early. Because he's going to run for governor again. I don't know if there's a term limit in New Jersey. I don't know if he can only do two years. That may be the case. But this will knock down any chances he has to seek higher office as a senator, as a congressman, as anything. This is the deal that should seal his fate. This is the kind of deal that this criminal entity and this bit, this bit about the Justice Department not wanting to indict people who may be candidates for president. Well, since when do when does crime put on hold because of political ambitions? They don't put hell every every corner weed dealer, every drug dealer, every criminal. Should say they're running for office. Wait till after the campaign so it doesn't appear that you're being partisan. White privilege. I'll say it. I'll say it because it's true. Any more obscene than that. And you have Republicans in your face saying, both sides do it. Well, of course, both sides do it. 
if both sides do it, you can continue this meme that government is bad, all government is bad. It's the same as I say. From the MMA who oversaw the oil spill in the Gulf, they corrupt as hell. To the SEC, under a Bush administration, corrupt as hell. To the FDC that is now shipping chickens to China for processing. No telling what's coming back. Might have to change my diet. I just might have to change my diet. The corruption, the stench. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that movie, Devil's Advocate, with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. as a devil. But, uh, there was an epic scene in there around the end of the movie where Keanu Reeves asks Al Pacino, why the lawyers? And he tells him because lawyers have their hands in every piece, every slice of the pie. And the stitch will pile up so high till it chokes everyone. And that seems to be what what's happening to our democracy. Now, you hear people speak about plutocracies and oligarchies, but nobody's listening to them because their microphone isn't big enough. Because somewhere down the line, either progressives will sleep at the switch or they were duplicit in this. Complicit, duplicit. They were going along with this. They have seized the airwaves. They have gotten more money, Fox News, as they have destroyed the truth and the facts in England. They have destroyed the truth and the facts. Here, in these United States of America. You won't get the truth. You'll get the truth and their truth, and then you'll get something in the middle. I heard uh, Morning Joe this morning, and I don't watch him, but I just happened to hear him this morning. And he was talking about the letter of the of the uh, treasonous 47. And when he referred to Iran, before he said Iran, he depicted them as terrorists, uh, terrorist supporting. He threw every pejorative he could possibly throw in there before he said Iran. And that's the way Democrats should push back against these Republicans. When you see Rand Paul say anything, you mean the plagiarizing, racist Rand Paul? You mean the self-certified eye doctor Rand Paul? You mean 
the five jet crashing uh, Hanoi Hotel, I'm going to out my fellow Americans. You know, John McCain was not the great hero, war hero. And just like when someone called Tom Cut a traitor, the first thing the Republican on the panel said was, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's a he's a veteran, a colonel, a sergeant, a lieutenant. He commanded this and this and this. The man is a damn traitor. Period. He undermined the commander in chief. And he and on top of that, he disseminated the constitution to the Iranians, and it was wrong. And then you got the the other new one, uh, Joni Ernst, you know, the hog, the hog castorator. She's a national guard. Now, that's something that can be done. You can prosecute her for violating the, whatever the hell the law is. She violated because She's the National Guard and she's in uniform. And her her being a signature on that letter puts her in the same category. Now, if you really want to get Loretta Lynn, a vote for Loretta Lynn, Eric Holder should be going after her. But then that's a state law. That's an Iowa state law. They have state full of Republicans, too. At what point is it going to be pointed out that the Democrats, the progressives, the liberals have simply fallen down on the job because Republicans have seized power in so many states that, hell, what does it really matter? What does it really matter? How often? How often can it be that we get to recover. And I don't just controlling the house anytime soon. I'm talking to for the next five years. This is 2015. The next census and the um, opportunity to redraw these maps as a presidential year. And uh, with the way they've gerrymandered this situation, that may not even be possible then. Republicans may control the House of Purse Strings for the next two decades, for the next generation. We can't seem to carry a message to excite our base to come out and vote in these off years. The president sits up and says, we give away our power. And he's actually right about that. But we give them, a lot of them gave away their power when he seemed to be so impudent in his first two years in office when they didn't get a public option. And they didn't understand when they didn't get a card check for the unions 
and they didn't understand. They were disillusioned. They stayed home, and the Republicans, with a plan, took over. They immediately began to pass anti-abortion laws, anti-voting laws. You see, there will always be consequences. Elections have consequences. Midterm elections have consequences, too. And when they first passed Citizens United, the first things Republicans did was use the local elections. They prioritized the local elections and put the money in those first because once they seize control of the states, then they can seize control of the nation. Now they have the House. Now they have the Senate. Now they just have to work on the White House. Damn alienating minorities. This meme of let's throw them all out. Let's shoot and kill as many black folks as we can. It's disturbing. But that's where we are. We have to somehow get our heads around this of no enthusiasm. And I I say it and I continue to say it, I do politics. That's why I do politics is because that's what's going to affect your life. They will try to come for Social Security. They will try to cut Medicare in the next 18 months, 17 months, before the 2016 election, he will waver into crisis after crisis, be it funding the government. Obamacare will be under attack. It's under attack from the Supreme Court. And like I said, the Supreme Court will gut the Affordable Care Act in July. And the same way they gutted the Voting Rights Act, they'll say, let Congress fix it. And there'll be over 10 million people who will lose their health care. Republicans don't care. They don't even fear the backlash because they are so comfortably gerrymandered. And for a lot of people who say, oh, That'll knock them out of power. No, it won't, because they'll have the money to spend it and blame Obama. The Democrats did it, just like they have the money and the kahunas to obstruct this recovery and blame Obama. But they'll. The one thing I noticed, and I hope a lot of you've noticed about. This email story. Now, already I've seen James Carville, Lanny Davis, Hillary, whatever her name is, the other, all of the old Clinton surrogates were out, and they weren't just pushing back on the email stories. They were pushing back hard. They were pushing back with 
references to a double standard and pointing out that Bush has a private email and is it secure on a server? They were talking about the Scott Walker email fiasco where he is John Doe in an investigation of corruption that has gone on for far too long. That's the problem. The Eric Holder likes in the Justice Department. The impudence in fighting these voter suppression laws. And they can only, and here's what's coming down the pipe next. The cookie cutter legislation that's being handed out by ALEC on abortions, on anti gay legislation, on religious rights, religious freedom legislation. They are still going hard and strong because no one has called them out and no one is paying attention. We may as well pack up our bags and go home. Because I can't see I can't see anything other than Republicans winning, even though even though They are not re reconstructing their image with the minority voters. You see, that's the that's the tell. That's the sign you need to see. They don't give a damn about the Hispanic vote. They don't give a damn about the African American vote. They're going to do this with racism and voter suppression. They're going to do this with fear. They're going to do this. And believe me, come 2016, the move will be to reconstruct the Electoral College so that a Democrat could never be reelected. It will be proportional just like the delegates in the Democratic Party. Electoral college votes will be, the writing is on the wall. The playbook is wide open. Well, at least I can see it. (laughs) At least I can see it. And all I can say about it is, Damn us if we do, and damn us if we if we don't. Nine one four three three eight one six one zero. I got about a five minutes to take this call. Let me take this call. Nine five four. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Works Network. Hey, aloha, brother Sensei. Sorry I missed the uh, program. Anyway, uh, that's uh, all. Miss, uh, I'm sure you covered things that I would be definitely wanting to hear. But anyway, um, <clears throat> see what time it is in Ferguson. And uh, when we were allowed to police our own communities, this is the Black Panther Party and even the Guardian Angels, and I might have said this last time, we, we can take care and police ourselves, man. And as far as them creating this lies and myth, 
about how crime would be corrupt and go off the scale, which is bullshit, because the cops would create the crime to justify their wicked existence. It's not even about what few cops that are out there that are decent. They better start standing the hell up. Because I remember back in the 60s, they were killing them, and you almost felt sorry for them. So if you don't want to be in our community, you got no reason to police it. As far as the Democratic Party and Republican, this is why there's so many mind-enhancing drugs for these sick asses out here. Because the majority of these willfully hateful, willfully ignorant, known races are mentally ill. So they need all these damn drugs. And it's amazing the pharmaceutical companies can continue to uh, sell and distribute this stuff, man. So anyway, uh, as far as either party, if they never voted another Democrat in, what, do, what, do you really think that's going to make a difference, man? But anyway, on the lighter side. I like this, Aranda. If Valley. How do we how do we turn this around when if both parties are then we write off both parties? It's a two party system. Well, they got us corralled into a two party system because the independent and all that other stuff was Dreamville, man. So because of the money and the mindset that goes behind both these parties, you know that's what's going to make the difference: the money and the mindset. And um, you know. Obama and Eric Holder had the audacity to sit here and say that these people got murdered by these cops. It was tragic, but, you know, man, that is the ultimate slap in the face. You know, them brothers was down on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. got the hell beat out of them. They didn't back down. They didn't cower out. What was that one brother got punched in the face when I think he was talking to Bull Carnes and one of them back then? He didn't crouch or back down. How in the hell can Eric... Holder and Obama run that, and the only thing Eric Holder can come off with is kiss my ass. You know, I mean, come on, brother. People lock and load, man. That's all I got to say. If they're not going to give us justice, then we're going to have to demand and take justice by any means necessary. The same means they sent us to fight for this goddamn country, that's what we're going to have to start standing up against. And those of us who don't want to hear it, too bad. Ain't no such damn thing as a nonviolent, peaceful demonstration. We're the laughing stock of the damn world, you know? Anyway, have a good weekend. Oh, and back to uh, Empire. I don't know how you sat and watched Wolf of Wall Street. I got to the point. I turned that madness off. At least Oliver Stone, when he did uh, Wall Street, had a little bit of finesse. But these crackers were coming out with the real deal, how they really deal, steal your money, get all freaky with drugs and all kind of stuff, the cat, uh, DiCaprio. I'd rather watch Empire. There are elements of Empire I don't like, but it's worthwhile seeing, you know? But um, well, just for, Wolf of Wall Street, man, uh-uh. Just for the uh-uh. record, I haven't yeah. watched the Wolf of Wall Street. What I watched was the hour-long segment uh, called American Greed. And oh, yeah. it's a documentary about... The real guy who was the Wolf of Wall Street. It wasn't any well, of they the basically cable. did it uncensored, the uh, DiCaprio version. It was uncensored. Oh, the DiCaprio. They were keeping the it straight as a documentary. Yeah. The DiCaprio version was all, was a 
from what, I, like I said, I haven't watched it, but the American Greed version was a no holes barred uh, representation of what really happened because he says that they used to call him Wolf of Wall Street, and everybody's right. saying that's a lie. He was not called Wolf of Wall Street. Was created for the the screen, the movie screen. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was well, you know, for. Well, the way to stop and frisk with the SEC for these clowns, man. That's you know, where these cats being, uh, you know, stopped and frisked. The stop and, and frisk. And they've been known to steal. They worry about nickel and dime crap when these cats are stealing trillions of dollars and people's yeah. pension. And they ain't locked up for murder and grand theft. Uh, well, Bernie Madoff got, Perlman got busted, and maybe a handful of others. Not enough to go around, man. Not you enough know? to go around. And Wolf of Wall Street got four, he got four years, and he only did mm-hmm. 22 months. And he stole he from 15, he, he wrecked the retirement funds of 1,500 people. And he only got four years. And, well, some know, capital people, punishment needs to be distributed here, man. <laughs> now he's yeah. a motivational speaker, and he's making yeah, profits motivate. off the book. He still owes ninety nine million. He's a motivational speaker, and he still yeah. owes ninety nine million dollars in restitution. And he's fighting the government in court to keep from paying back. How do you fight over a conviction and restitution order? I, it, 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 white privilege. White privilege, period. Privilege slash complexion connection, but where it becomes more white privilege when you're poor. You can have the complexion connection, but if you ain't got the cash connection, you're just another poor, broke-ass white boy out here suffering like everybody else. But you get the white privilege over one of us. You know, they ain't got to worry about getting stopped and frisked. India sent a nice video the other day, and I thanked her for it. But, man, I'm starting to think if that thing was staged, man. You know, well, this cat well, mouthed off to the cops the way he did. Not even an incident. Got slapped, shot, or no. nothing. Or told to sit down no. or turn around. We asked up you. You know, I, I no. think that was kind of staged. You know, well, but anyway, you, you you know, we'll see. All right, brother, enjoy the weekend. Mahalo. All right. Take care, man. Have a good one. My brother Randy, I look forward to his calls every week. And uh, <laughs> brother Randy, he's right. I mean, I can't argue with it, but he's right about that. This is where we are. This is where we are, and this is what we have to deal with. Whether or not um, people will continue to get away with what they're getting away with is something that's going to have to be handled down the line. We can't message. We can't seem to get a foothold on What's going on? We seem to, it seems to be a lost cause. It seems to be a lost cause because we don't seem to have the microphones or the commitment to making this place or these politics any better than they are. 
we have a society of distractions, be it religious. Oh, I Creflo Dollar. Somebody help me, Creflo Dollar. Oh, somebody help me. Creflo Dollar is seeking donations from his congregation. Creflo Dollar wants $65 million to buy himself another jet. Oh, I found that not only to be funny, but offensive. It just, I saw another post and somebody asked, what happened to the $420 billion that African Americans have given in tithes <laughs> over the last three decades? And all I could do was laugh. All I could do was laugh. It don't matter. Who does it matter to? What does it matter? Creflo Dollar needs $65 million to get him another jet. Why did Creflo Dollar arrested for beating up on his daughter? Don't tell me about the word. Don't tell me what God said or what the Bible said. Man, I thought I almost missed that story. It just popped in my head. <laughs> but you just you, you can't make that you can't make this stuff up. Even though I've tried, you just can't make it up. And I'll continue to say it over and over again. Oh, when are we going to get off this train? When are we? When does this boat ride in for us? Three unarmed black men have been killed by police in the last four days. Unarmed men, black men, have been killed by police in the last four days. And as the toll continues to rise, we get one Department of Justice report from one minute outposts called Ferguson and no one else is capable of understanding is what in the hell is going on. Hopefully I've been able to corral your interest in politics for this evening. All will come in ground with Janice Graham tomorrow evening. 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Let's not forget, and you declare Tuesdays, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. I want to thank Arandi for his call, his contribution. And I'll simply say, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Mm -hmm. 
Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high. Humility, an all-time low. Everybody knows everything. Everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore. A lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. so very much what it used to be. There's so much.